The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. If you look on your phone or in your wallet, and all the pictures are your animals, and uh, you actually buy your animals presents for all of the holidays, including Easter and uh, April Fool's, which big holiday here for me and the pets, then you uh, you have found the right show. This is where we are just a little bit crazy about our animals. We love them lots. Just a little over the top. We spoil them yeah. like nobody's business. Emphasis on crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so join us by calling one 405 On the other end of the phone, we have Dr. Debbie. If you have any questions about your pet's health, she will answer them. She's out of Vegas. She practices in Vegas. So there's a lot of strange animals there, not just the typical cats or dogs. Uh, you have some flamingos there and some uh, you know, pot-bellied pigs. And uh, What else do you see over there in the office? Oh, as far as tortoises, yeah. um, we see a lot of wildlife. Um, then all the other things, hedgehogs, lizards, um, pretty much you name it. Now, uh, do you th- learn about all of these animals at vet school, or do you have to take extra in, training? In, in some schools, yeah, they do have more focus on exotic animals. Back in the eons ago when I went to school, we didn't really have that benefit. So it was more learning through the years um, of just seeing these critters and realizing there's not always a lot written up about, uh, say, certain species. And you have to either delve or figure it out and apply what you know from another species to that particular one. So there's a lot so. of hands-on training for you. Oh, yes, yes. And it's, I mean, it's always evolving. There's new stuff coming out, um, that wasn't out, you know, even 10 years ago that we know about things with care with, say, ferrets, um, birds. Um, there's, there's just always developing, uh, just like with uh, dogs and cats, you know, medicine, veterinary medicine is just exponentially growing. So it is daunting for, I feel bad for those students graduating now that, um, there's so much to learn. Well, isn't vet school is is much longer than to become a general practitioner for humans? I believe. No, not necessarily. I mean, there's four years of a professional program, and then you have to have your prerequisites, which would be anywhere from generally two to four years. And then, you know, after that investment in time, you graduate with a veterinary degree. But many veterinarians will go on to get um, internships or residencies, similar to what human uh, doctors will do. But it really it kind of depends what focus you have. I'm a practitioner gal. I love dealing uh, with people and their pets and I just that bond is so special to me so um, I can't imagine being anywhere else um, than where I'm at now now your hubby is uh, also a vet and he practices you have two separate practices Uh, did you meet as vets how did that uh, happen yeah we actually met in vet school oh wow so yeah we met in vet school and then both moved to the Las Vegas area and I'd like to joke that you know my heart brought me to Las Vegas (laughs) but the community kept me here because it really is. It's just a fabulous place to be. And I kept my license in Indiana, where I'm from, just in case that marriage thing didn't work out. You know, but. <laughs> it seems to have stuck. Uh, except, I so. I'm sure conversation, dinner time conversation has got to be about work and probably about, yeah. I don't know, anal glands. What? 
Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes it'll be like the gross things that we saw. You know, like, oh my gosh, this dog came in the other day and it was chewing on foxtails. It had so many foxtails lodged in its mouth. We had to like put them under anesthesia and remove them from under the gum line. Um, so, you know, that's the kind of stuff we talk about and uh, just the, the crazy things that we find that our animals can get into whatever kind of situations. So. Two peas in a pod. Now, you so. guys don't work in the same practice? Heavens no. Why is that? <laughs> well, one, because fortunately we've never had to, but two is we just have different personalities and, um, we are happily married, but, uh, we practice separately and I you think we recognize that. that. Yeah. So, so who's elected to work on your pets? You or him? Well, I get the daily nitty gritty stuff. So I get to do the more of the medicine. Uh, my husband, who really enjoys surgery, um, tends to do anything surgical. Um, but yeah, I get all the kind of the boring stuff, the vaccines, the, the laboratory work, the, you know, if the dog's vomiting, which happens in my house quite a bit. Cause, uh, you know, Nikki loves anything with sticks, wood, oh, gravel. Yeah. Goose droppings, you name it, anything. Ugh. It's just, just amazingly tasty to her. So she's <laughs> often a patient. <laughs> if you would like to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, toll free 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions directly from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android brought to you by Doctors Fosters and Smith. So let's go to the phones. Hi, Robin. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> well, I have the doctor here. What's going on? Okay, uh, Dr. Debbie, I'm uh, giving uh, insulin shots to a little uh, pug. Uh, I give her fur units, and I am wondering if there's any way that I can uh, sanitize the syringe, uh, the needle, and such uh, after uh, one use so that I can get another use out of the needle of the syringe. Oh. Okay. Um, absolutely not, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. So w- when we, any efforts to sterilize the needle are going to jeopardize the sterility of the insulin, which is really the most important thing. And we know that dog and cat skin has oodles of bacteria on it. So we really don't want that, that product to get con- contaminated. So that's really just not going to be an option. You do need to use uh, clean new needle syringes for each administration. All right. Well, yeah. that is a uh, simple forward so, solution. <laughs> and let me ask you: Is it just <laughs> is it just based on like cost wise, or you, you don't want to waste plastic, or what was the reasoning that you were you know inquiring about that? Well, I I was just uh, trying to avoid the expense of the needles. I thought, uh, well, if there's a way I can uh, sanitize them in some way. You know, and, and reuse them at least once, it would help. But, uh, your, uh, response has told me no. <laughs> it's yeah, not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I definitely I feel feel for you. A lot of times with insulin, some of the products are getting quite expensive nowadays. So um, there is the interest in controlling costs. But no, I wouldn't want to do that and jeopardize your baby's health. No, I certainly uh, would not. Uh, oh. All right. Well, I, I really appreciate your. Uh, expertise and i will follow through thank, thank you okay. for your call today one 405 8405 it's toll free to reach out to dr debbie okay debbie is there such a thing as a double bark a double bark have, i'll tell you what it is because we had um one of our old bulldogs Bearsy, who's no longer with us used to do a boo, boo. <laughs> it was like 
it was like this double, it was like no bark I'd ever heard before. And Priscilla, who's a senior as well now, the other day she just started doing this, <laughs> you know, like a bark and then like a, a real low bark after. It was just weird. And I'm like, now you sound like Bearsy. Maybe it's a new word because, or something. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe it's, because it's a change. Maybe it's something we're saying on the surface and then there's the undercurrent. Like, yeah, everything's my, fine, Mom. You, you didn't give me that extra treat. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, get over here and open the gate, dang it. I want to get Or maybe it's couch. expletives, doggy expletives coming out at the end. That's possible, you know. <laughs> I often think when I look at my little boss man and he gives me that look like, I think he's saying F you. <laughs> I really do. Sometimes he just has that look like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Lucy has one of those looks. The others really don't, but she does. What's coming up with you? Oh, I have a great story about uh, a dog that's been living in a shelter for two years. And it's so heartwarming, and I'll share it with you in just a little bit. Well, it must be something special because there's a lot of animals in the shelter right now. So we'll, we'll find Right, out. and this one has spent two years in quote-unquote, a shelter. That's kind of a long time for yeah, an animal to spend in a shelter. Yeah, and this dog is a senior, big dog. Good oh, story. I love the seniors. Okay, that's on the way. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by World's Best Cat Litter. Listen up as I make an excellent suggestion. Ditch those giant boxes of cat litter and do what I did. I switched to the concentrated power of World's Best Cat Litter. It delivers big performance in a tiny package. I get mine over at Walmart, Target, and sometimes my local grocery store. Thanks, World's Best, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Sembro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list. No more dog hugs, kisses, sleeping in beds, and no feeding the kids vegetables. All right. A recent research study concluded that most dogs don't like to be hugged. This comes on the heels of other studies and internet-breaking shockers like you shouldn't kiss your dog or you shouldn't let them kiss you don't have them in your bed and of course human children don't like to eat vegetables all right the last one was obviously given to me by my young daughters nice try girls go eat some broccoli but this recent study about dog hugs set the internet ablaze with something that when i first heard it i went duh then i said did we really need a researcher to tell us that hugging dogs can make them uncomfortable we were all kids and if being uncomfortable was the criteria I have a lot of aunts, uncles, and others who need to know that I didn't feel comfortable or want their hugs, kisses, or pats on the head. I guess for me, this whole thing falls in the area of knowing your pet. You know if your pet wants to be hugged or played with or if they're stressed. And if you don't, you're probably going to ignore this study anyways. And what I also really found remarkable was that many of the headlines screamed, Dogs don't want hugs. Dogs shouldn't be hugged. Don't hug your dog or else. You know, I've got news for the headline writers, Dr. Internet, and others. My dogs love being hugged. In fact, mine line up each morning as the kids are getting ready to go to school to get their Embrace Yourself Internet hugs, kisses, and belly rubs from my daughters and myself. We don't force them to hug us or accept our hugs, and we also don't demand that they be there if they're not feeling up to it. If your dogs don't want something and it's not harmful to them, have a hard time thinking of a reason to force them to do anything. And I understand the concerns of the potential lashing out. And no one wants that, nor should anyone expect that anyone wants a hug from anyone, human or canine. Now, I know my dogs, and I also know when they want to be left to themselves. I've shown my daughters how to be in tune with their temperaments and the needs of our pets. 
I watch and observe, and I give them the physical and emotional space they need, which can vary each day. Also, it's a great way to know when Zoe in particular isn't feeling well. She's our bundle of love who wants nothing more than to be in contact with you and near you. She'll kiss you if you ask for a kiss. And if you don't give her one back, she just might stomp her feet to say, Dad, where's my smooch? Don't worry, Zoe. I'm not going to pressure you for hugs, kisses, or to have you sleep next to me. But Zoe, know that you're always welcome to do that. Listen, folks, know your pets and know their limits and their love languages. Share your pets' views on hugs and more on our Animal Radio Facebook page. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again, the one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. How fast are Allegra gel caps? I didn't know you got a cat fast. How strong are Allegra gel caps? Ten more logs to go strong. Non-drowsy Allegra gel caps give you noticeable relief of your indoor and outdoor allergies. It starts working in just one hour, two times faster than Claritin's first dose, and stays strong for 24 hours. It's relief when the pollen's off the charts strong, even in the convertible. Allegra gel caps. Nothing's faster, nothing's stronger. Among OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use only as directed. Visit Allegra.com. Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Here is the toll free number 1 866 405 8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie uh, Joey Volani on uh, leave this week for some reason. I guess he's super some secret assignment. Secret That's, mission. We, we don't, don't know, know what it is. No. We'll try. You it. know, when, when that happens, I just picture Joey in a lab somewhere and like seven or eight hundred dogs and they all have like gum and stuff in their coats and he's doing experiments <laughs> figuring out the best way to get it out. Gum remover. That's probably what he's Something. working on. Uh, well, we'll find out, and we'll tell you as soon as we find out, because uh, no one, I can't keep a secret, and that's probably why he didn't tell me. I, yeah, I, I don't blame him. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I just want, I just want a souvenir when he comes back from wherever he's at. You <laughs> my know, gum? I, I'm like that kid at home. I could care less. Just give me some goods, the man. T-shirt. You want the T-shirt? <laughs> In a few minutes, Doc Halligan will be back with us from the Lucy Pet Foundation, and she's talking about microchips. 
and whether or not, you know, there's a lot of questions about microchips, like uh, does Big Brother follow you and your animal around? Do they know where you are at all times? And is it going to leak and hurt my pet over a long period of time? We get those questions every, and I'm sure you, Dr. Debbie, you get those mm-hmm, questions yeah. all the time, too. Uh, so we're going to answer some of those questions in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori Brooks, over there in the newsroom, what are you working on for this hour? Well, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration of the government, has issued a warning about a pretty common ingredient in a lot of things that you're going to find around your home. But their warning says that this ingredient is dangerous for your dog. And oh, I'll tell you what it is. And You'll want to be listening, especially if you're on a diet. You'll want to be listening because this could really uh-huh. affect you. Yeah, it's mm. on the way around the corner here. And, and you guys know why that became so newsworthy, don't you? No, I don't. Which one? The xylitol. The, I don't. The peanut butter xylitol topic. Because so many of um, pet owners give pet medications in peanut butter. Oh. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if we're using a peanut butter that doesn't cause problems for humans, but causes serious um, drops in blood sugar within 30 minutes, um, then a lot of people might say, oh, it's the medication that's causing a problem, oh. when it's actually the peanut butter that is the problem. So it, it's you know a treat. What? They a lot didn't of people even... Oh, go ahead. What? I'm sorry. I was just going to say, a lot of people... include... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Um, a lot of people will use peanut butter in things like Kongs when we're trying to keep our dogs occupied. So xylitol sweetened peanut butter is common in a lot of like the natural nut butters, um, people that are looking for healthy alternatives at the health food store, and maybe not so much that jar of Jif or Skippy you'll find on the shelf, but they're really not going to be expecting this. So that's why it's so important. Yeah, I didn't know they put that in. Uh, yeah, I heard about they were putting in some peanut butters now to be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were we going to say, Lori? Yeah, I'd, I'd seen no, I'd seen ads for um, other rescues and things asking for peanut butter because they use so much of it, but peanut butter mm-hmm. without xylitol. But they they didn't have nut butters included in the big list of products that have it. Also, to be careful because a lot of people will use human toothpaste on their dogs, but human toothpaste has xylitol in it. And to me, that seems silly because for years we've been saying, don't use human toothpaste yeah, for other reasons. <laughs> Until they learn to but, spit you know. it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, interesting stuff. Hi, Harold. How are you? Doing fine, Dr. Debbie. I just went in and had my vasectomy done. And always adopt pound puppies and always altered. Why is it that? We castrate dogs and remove the testicles instead of just doing a vasectomy and leaving the hormone-producing organs. That's a very good question. And Harold, do you have a dog of your own? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, and he's, he neutered? Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and what kind of dog is he? Hey, he's just a pound puppy. All righty. And was he neutered when he was a youngster, or did you do that later in age? Um, no, we got him from the pound, and we had them do it. And when we adopted him, he was about three years of age. Okay. All right. Well, is he a pretty uh, settled-in fella? Uh, does he have any kind of problems? Nope. Doesn't have a bit of problems. All righty. So your question was in regards to uh, castration uh, versus vasectomy, and in animals, why we pick one over the other. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it seems like you would do the vasectomy and leave the hormone-producing organs, the testicles. 
the reason we do that in dogs is because we want to minimize the effects of the testosterone, the bad effects, and that namely being that we'll see dogs with uh, high testosterone levels that aren't castrated may have more problems with aggression where they may start more fights, may not be as suited into the hierarchy of the dog and the household uh, family situation. So we want to try to minimize those effects of testosterone. So if we just do a vasectomy, that just kind of makes them not have babies. <laughs> so we want to make sure we still address that hormone problem. And, and also there are some, some other very important things that by when we avoid the testosterone, we remove that source, it, it has a lot of health benefits too. For a dog, if they're not neutered, those testosterone levels stay up high, and they can create some problems with the prostate gland. And this is kind of where the parallels with men come into play, because as men get older, they have a benign prostatic hyperplasia, and that's kind of fed by the testosterone. With dogs, they can get that same thing, but we can actually prevent that by neutering them. And for the most part, they don't complain about it. <laughs> I say more male owners complain about that um, than the pets actually do. What do you think about that, Harold? I was going to say, in that case, I'm glad I went to see my doctor instead of my vet. Yeah, probably a good idea. We have a different uh, pragmatic look out on, uh, for the veterinary concerns, it's been the animal concerns, because it's really more than population control. We want to address what, what's going to be important to make the pet a healthy, happy family member. We don't want to throw other things in the mix that might make that difficult for them to be a uh, acclimated pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. Geico presents Kathy, the candid real estate agent. In the master bedroom, you'll see there's room for a king-size bed. And take a look at this walk-in closet. Now just imagine all these custom shelves and drawers turned upside down when a thief goes through them to take your entire vintage sneaker collection. It's hard to know all that comes with buying a home or condo. That's why the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Call Geico today and see how much you could save on condo and homeowners insurance. Get ready to discover amazing experiences you can share with your pets on Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with the furry members of your family. To find out where you can see Pets Welcome Here, go to PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. If you don't see your local station, ask them to schedule Pets Welcome Here. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Here's an alert for all dog lovers. You already may know this, but the FDA has now made it really official and issued a warning about it. The government agency reminding everyone that xylitol, 
could be deadly if your dog gets a hold of it and ingests it. Xylitol gives sugar-free gum and a whole lot of other products like breath mints and uh, bakery stuff and nut butters, chewable vitamins, mouthwash, even toothpaste, their sweetness. But it is very dangerous to dogs, as proven by many reports to the FDA, which they have received in recent years of dogs that are poisoned by it. Xylitol is not dangerous to people, obviously, but dogs are different and they absorb it quickly and then it can spike their insulin level. Levels, causing dangerously low blood sugar, and that can be life-threatening to them if it's not treated right away. Symptoms include lethargy, weakness, lack of coordination, staggering, even seizures. But be aware that you may not even see those symptoms appear for as long as 24 hours. And what about cats? Well, it turns out cats are not tempted by sweets like dogs are, so xylitol is not as big of a threat to cats as it is for dogs because dogs kind of go hunting for it. <laughs> Studying photographs of animals posted online by the general public has proven to be as valuable as traditional field work in research on the locations of different animal species and how they continue to thrive and evolve. It turns out that social media is proving useful if the photos are tagged with their location and the date because scientists are now able to view all of those photos posted online and thus learn more about the population of animals in the wild and their differences based on their location. It's taken animal research to a completely new level of cost-effectiveness and faster research that previously had to be done out in the field. Scientists say this new technique could open up tons of new possibilities. However, Remember, the method can only be used for animals that have many photos online and works best with species that are conspicuous, fairly common, and of interest to a lot of photographers. So, you know, we're posting pictures of them. They say if more photographers geotag their images with location and dates, their pictures could be even more valuable for ecology. Well, Annie has been a shelter dog for more than two years. I know you're going, hmm, that's so sad. (laughs) Uh, But she's in a shelter now in a good place, in a great way. It's a shelter for homeless men where Annie now lives, and the guys there all love her. For two years now, Annie, who is a chocolate lab Roddy mix, has been the living companion of homeless men who temporarily reside in a Pittsburgh-area homeless shelter, which is housed in a former church building, a big old place. You have to love that Annie was rescued by them when she was already eight years old. That was after her former family dropped her off at the Humane Society because they had a new baby and for some reason couldn't keep Annie. Well, Annie's adoption prospects while she was with the Humane Society were not looking good. She was a very large senior dog weighing about a 100 pounds, and she had you know, gray on her face. You could tell she was a senior, and prospective adopters just passed her right by. Then the homeless shelter was down the street. They decided, hey, we've had such good times with therapy dogs that had visited them, so they wanted to do something similar. But they thought, you know, we don't need a specially trained therapy dog. We just want a nice, calm, quiet dog. So, yeah, they visited the animal shelter, and Annie was the only dog in the entire shelter that wasn't barking. All the other dogs were going crazy, so there she was, the perfect, nice, calm, quiet dog they needed. Now, calm and quiet Annie gets at least four walks every day. She still weighs about 100 pounds, and the homeless men are all eager to spend time with her, and she's loving life. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. 
with everyday low prices on products like Quellen and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Who let the dogs out? Was it the uh, TV repairman, the direct TV guy? That's uh, I always hear that he's the guy that lets them out. <laughs> it is uh, Animal Radio, mm-hmm. toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And if you're unlucky enough that the dog did get out, you should hope to high heck that it had, uh, well, at least a collar and a microchip, maybe even a tattoo, some kind of good identification on it so that if it is found, it gets returned home immediately. Uh, with the Lucy Pet Foundation... We welcome back Doc Halligan. Hi, Doc. How you doing? Hi. Thanks for having me. Doing great. All your animals are uh, microchipped? Absolutely. My, no. Both my kitties. I guess the big misconception is that the microchip does not contain the information of where you live or who, who you are as the owner. It only contains a number. Is that correct? That's correct. The microchip is a tiny computer chip that's inserted under the skin in cats, dogs, horses, birds. And that chip has a unique number to it. And then that chip is registered in the database from the company that manufactures the chip. So that a scanner picks up the number and then you have to call the company and find out who that number is registered to. The other question I always get, is there more than one chip? Is there more than one scanner? And is there More than a, one type. Yeah, is there mm-hmm. standard? That's a good question. Yes, there are more than one type of chip uh chips that read at different frequencies so uh, they've really come a long way in the 15 years with the chips so that most of the scanners can read the different kinds of chips there's probably what half a dozen chips on the market wow. um, but you you really want to make sure that you use a uh, universal microchip and your vet would be the best person to ask that um, and make sure that you use a chip that's universal so that if you travel overseas, uh, because they have a different frequency over there. So for a while, people were microchipping their pets, and then it, they couldn't read them, and then it couldn't travel. So they've come a long way now. Um, most of the chips out there are universal, but there are some older ones that don't have the same frequency, and then some of the scanners won't read it. The other problem with the chip, because the reason you have to have two forms of ID, it's not 100%. They can migrate a little bit. Oh. So they're inserted in the neck, but they can migrate. I've seen them like really low on the, on the, on the shoulder, uh, chest. They've kind of migrated down wow. if they weren't put in deep. So, and then what will happen mm-hmm. is you'll scan. And if you don't scan, you know, right over that chip, you're going to miss the chip. That's why you have the second form of ID. Think of your cat or dog. Look at them right now. They're like a two-year-old. <laughs> they can't tell you where they live. I always tell people that. You've got to protect them. The question that I always hear is, does it hurt my pet to initially get microchipped? And then what are the long-term effects? Is that microchip going to harm their health yeah. over the years? Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I get that a lot too. Well, good news is you can do it as early as eight weeks in a puppy and a kitten. It's an injection. The needle is big, but if you give it, you know, it's sharp. So some animals, when I did my cats, they were like, didn't even react. And other animals, 
um, you know, react a little bit more, but it's, it's pretty fast. It's kind of like, you know, when you get your ears pierced or something. I mean, it depends on the pet's pain level, but you could have it done during a surgical procedure like a spare and neuter. Oh, great. We do shock clinics, um, microchip clinics all the time, and I've never had an animal have like, you know, a horrible time. Just give them a treat afterwards. It's so <laughs> fast. And they are not dangerous in any way, shape, or form. They're not low jack. They don't give off. Yeah, that was the big question. That was the other question <laughs> yeah. I got this week. I haven't heard this until like this year. People asking me, is Big Brother watching me? Will they know exactly where my cat is and I am at all times? Right. Well, there are collars that have a tracking device on them that you could monitor your pet's whereabouts. But they're a little cumbersome, very expensive. You know, microchips go anywhere from free to sometimes we'll do promotions. We do them for free, too, like $65. So they're very, very affordable. And during the earthquake, it's going to be real important that your pet has those, too, because, like I said, you know, if the collar falls off, especially like a cat, you got to have a second way to find out. An orange tabby is an orange tabby. I mean, there's really not very many unique identifying characteristics on a lot of cats. So during Katrina, you know, people would say, my dog has these freckling here. You know, they would be trying to describe sure. it. But with a cat, it's a lot harder. So 100%, all animals should be microchipped. It gives your pet a second form of ID, and it can save their life because pets get put down in the shelters that are, are not microchipped. They aren't held as long. Is it the so, same with the research facilities? They can't uh, use yes. animals that have microchips? Correct. Can, That's true. See, you, so you're really on all fronts. Can you microchip rabbits and ferrets and different animals? And anything. Husbands. <laughs> Husbands, that's a new one. Yeah, we can keep want track of you boys. Yeah. See, I think every woman should have a scanner, and if they, this guy says he's single, she can scan him and say, uh-uh, you lie. You're not. I love yeah. that, Judy. Yeah, men take their rings off. Yeah, I know. What's up with that? That's yeah. not okay. No, but if they were microchipped. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and I have to be surrounded by them all morning. Uh, oh, lucky you. You, you guys, what would you do without us women? Yeah. We love you yes. so much. Okay, uh, it is the LucyPetFoundation.org. Check out the website and, of course, Doc Halligan, and we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio. I noticed Gordy's a little bit of a drooler. He drools when he snores and sleeps. It's like a <laughs> He does. I've got Gordy and Lucy in here today. Yeah, you're lucky. I am. I'm a happy dog. Hey, on my side, I've got Molly and Ladybug, my two little dogs. Yeah. Where's your kitty, Hal? (laughs) Asleep. (laughs) It's the time of year where we like to travel a lot with our animals. Where do you go with them? 
there's not a lot of places to find out where to go. There's a brand new television show, and it's called Pets Welcome Here. And the creator and executive producer, Heather Eisenstadt, is with us. Hi, Heather. How are you doing? Hi. I am doing terrific. How are you guys doing? Absolutely splendid. So you're in Florida right now. Is that correct? I am in the center of the Sunshine State here in Orlando. But you travel a lot, don't you? I do, and when I travel, I never go anywhere without my fur kids. I have two large dogs and a kitty, and they go everywhere with me. You take the cat with you, too, huh? I do. You can't leave any but no pets left behind. I like that. <laughs> so what kind of places do you travel? All over the United States. Uh, it's, it's just a great pet-friendly country if people know where to go and what to do. Now, of all the places you've been, what would you say is the most pet-friendly place? Well... I think right now the state of Florida is extremely pet-friendly, and they want to be known as pet-friendly. And that's why we shot the first episode of our TV show, Pets Welcome Here, in the Sunshine State. Can I just say that uh, I like my job, but I think your job is a lot better. (laughs) Well, come along with me. Who's helping you make it happen? We've got some wonderful sponsors, and we could not have gone anywhere without them. Uh, we were very fortunate that we have Toyota on board, and they provided us with a 2016 RAV4 and Prius that we got to drive throughout the entire show. Uh, we have a unique <laughs> leash as a sponsor called uh-huh. Rock Straps. They're our pet safety sponsor. And we've got Top Dog Pet Travel with us. They are the only online travel agency where you can book pet-friendly travel, because that's all they do is pet-friendly travel. So where can I see it? I want to see the show right now. Oh, we all want to see the show. Thank you for asking. Uh, the show is being syndicated on local affiliate TV stations all over the country from now until the end of July. So to find the station day and time in a, near you, just go to our website, and that's petswelcomehere.tv. And click on the TV schedule, and you'll see. Now, if you don't see your local station, contact your station and tell them you want to see Pets Welcome Here. We'll start a movement. PetsWelcomeHere.tv. Now, it's not a .com website. PetsWelcomeHere.tv. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. <laughs> Heather Eisenstadt from Pets Welcome Here, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Well, hi, Karen. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Miss Debbie? I'm doing fabulous. What kind of critter questions you got today? Well, I've got a female cat about eight years old, and she's got cerebral palsy. Uh, okay. She's been diagnosed with it, and she's becoming more and more aggressive. She's attacking people and dogs. Mm, okay. Was she diagnosed with this as a very young kitten, or was this later in life? I found her when her mother was walking across the front yard, and I opened the screen door to see what it was she had in her mouth, and she was only like a week old, and she just dropped her and ran away. And I noticed then that the, the mother had the same thing. She kind of wobbled when she walked. So she'd done that since she, you got her when she was just that little thing then? Oh, yeah. She was only a week old. Okay. Her ears Has were it gotten... still down. Oh, <laughs> and they are so adorable at that age. Yes, they are. She was real affectionate and friendly when she was younger, but as she's grown older, I'm just wondering if that palsy has anything to do with making her aggressive. 
has her signs, her difficulties, has that gotten worse with time, or is it about the same from when you first had her? About the same. Because that's one distinction, and cerebral palsy is kind of a human disease, but there are some cerebellar diseases in cats, and there's there's one called cerebellar hypoplasia, which kittens can get, and it tends to be from an infection when they're babies, um, or they can even be vaccinated during the pregnancy, and the, the kittens will acquire that disease. It's a little bit unusual that the mom had that. Um, so, you know, I guess it can't be impossible that there's something genetic here. But if we're presuming things kind of stayed the same, these type of disorders don't generally get much worse. Um, there are some brain infections that do get worse, and they're kind of more the degenerative type things uh, that go along with time. Now, those conditions, yeah, we could see some worsening of the signs, and you might get some aggression and some behavioral changes, but I would expect all the other things would tend to be getting worse. And I don't know, are you seeing that where her, is she real shaky on her, her feet? Does she fall over, that kind of thing? Oh, she's always done that. I would tend to think that she may have the cerebellar hypoplasia, which um, that generally won't cause behavioral problems, though. So you might want to get your kitty looked at by your veterinarian. Make sure there's not something else going on, because if something else comes up along the way, you know, that might explain her, her grouchiness, whether it be something she's in pain or some other kind of medical problem coming on. So if everything else has stayed about the same, I'm not going to want to blame her condition. Special needs as she may be, uh, you know, I'd say make sure you get her checked over and and make sure there's nothing else going on that's causing that. This is Dr. Debbie on Animal Radio. Give me a call, 1-866-405-8405. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV show that sniffs out the best places to live, to stay, to play, to dine with your pets. Visit PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check the schedule for the TV station in your area. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pet. Welcome to the show that really stinks, Odor Events, brought to you by Citrus Magic. Today, the Jones family will name all the odor events they can in 30 seconds. Ready? Go! Rotten garbage can. Yes, Molly. Ew, musty basement. Good, Jimmy. Poopy diaper. <laughs> yep, Haley. Smelly socks. Yes, Dave. Stinky litter box. Yes, Molly. Ugh, funky fridge fumes. Good, Jimmy. Putty odor P.U. Yes, Haley. Dad's feet. Wait, cat pee. You're out of time. But I'm sorry. See you again next week for... That's gross. Odor Events, the show that really stinks. Get rid of the odor events in your home with Citrus Magic. The strength of its citrus makes odors disappear, leaving the fresh scent of natural citrus. Look for Citrus Magic in the air freshener aisle in Target, Kroger, Safeway, Publix, Walmart, and other fine stores everywhere. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. Go ahead, grab your pets, bring them around the radio. They should be here, too. They, they may actually may have questions. I know Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog often answers the phone and uh, talks to dogs. We don't know about what because it's I don't a understand your language. language. Yeah. yeah, so a little bit of a language thing. But if they want to call, you know, toll free, you'll have to dial for them. I, I assume you'd have to dial for them. Although I know there's some very talented animals out there. It's one eight six six four zero five 
888-528-8405. Yeah, just put that on speed dial and have them push one. There you go. We'll be getting calls all night long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lori Brooks, over in the newsroom, what do you have this hour for us? Well, there are talented animals like Ladybug. Uh And then there are animals that don't even have to do anything and make us feel wonderful. There's another new study. I'm amazed at how many of these studies come out, all proving the wonderful things that animals do for humans. And we'll share that with you coming up. All the things that I knew already, too. I could have told these uh, researchers and scientists. You know, they could have saved a lot of money or just given it to Animal Radio. (laughs) How about my lottery fund? Okay, let's go to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Actually, it's just Dr. Debbie today. Dog Father Joy Villani. Yeah, well, that's okay. I'm okay. Well, There's more. I feel left. loved, I guess, but you know, I can't feel like Joey's out having some kind of fun that we're not uh, <laughs> able to partake in. Well, imagine him maybe like stuck on an airplane in the middle seat between two people that are are, are coffers and coffees. Oh, yeah. Or maybe stuck in security at an airport yeah, for go. two hours. Yeah. Makes you feel better that you're here now, right? On a delayed flight. <laughs> yes. Let's go to the phones. We have Dave on. Hey, Dave, how are you doing? Very good. How about yourself? Good. What's going on? Well, there is a, um, a white lab that uh, we've been um, kind of watching and uh, taking out uh, while the owners are at work, you know, doing your business. Do the owners know? Uh, always, <laughs> well, I'd like to bring her home, but no, they won't let us do that. Um, it's a, a white lab, about um, 90 pounds, 100 pounds, big dog, but she's always... Um, kind of spooks easy but okay. just in the past um say four days or so um she won't even go outside there's uh, okay. something something is um cautioning her not to go out the normal door that she goes out and okay. she hides in the house okay and this is only for the last couple of days so it's not something have you been in her care caring for her before this happened oh yeah Absolutely. She knows she, our house, and she she's used to me coming into her house, too. Okay, and so this is at her house that she's behaving this way, or at yours? At her house. At her house, okay. Yeah. All right. And um, it's it's hard to get her. She hides out in the, um, the owner's bedroom, where the shades are pulled down nice and quiet. It's like a cave in there. But mm-hmm. we can't even, I can't even get her to come out. I have to coax her. So probably about ten minutes to even get her out of the uh, the bedroom to come outside. Okay, okay. And is she going to the bathroom outside, or is she having accidents in the home? Oh, she. So far, she hasn't had an accident in the house. But once I do get her out, she runs like uh, out in the backyard and then comes right back to the door without doing her business. Okay. All right. Well, so something has really affected her, and I was wondering. Um, if there is a way to counteract or retrain her to, you know, to to be calm sure. or, yeah. Okay. Well, well, there's definitely a couple of things that we have to look at. One is to try our darndest to figure out what kind of stimulation or what kind of event has created her to become this way. And if she's kind of a generally nervous dog, um, that can be a little bit harder 
to determine a single thing. Um, some dogs um, may develop, I've, I've had dogs develop phobias for going outside when they get stung by a bee outside. There's a garbage truck that, you know, is emptying the garbage at a set time. Um, fireworks going off outside. Um, any of those types of things. Thunder and lightning. Any of those kind of things could trigger um a fearful event so that in the future they'll be afraid to go to wherever that happened. So that's that's a little bit hard perhaps maybe since you're not the primary owner to do that kind of investigation, but it is something that I, I think considerable effort should be done to try to figure that out um, and then try to work with those individual things. So for instance, if it's a noise that she had a reaction to, then we'd work on um, desensitizing her to similar noises and trying to build up to a larger um, volume if you will, and have her tolerate that with calm, quiet behavior. Um, sometimes we don't always know, and we just know um, that a dog doesn't want to go outside or refuses to go outside. So with that, uh, what I do suggest is a couple things. Um, it sounds like this doggy is nervous in general, and a couple ways that I would try to bring her anxiety down would be one through exercise, um, because a tired dog is less anxious, um, spends less mental energy stressing about things because they're physically more tired. So in some ways, getting this girl more scheduled daily activity as well as playtime. It's very important. The other types of tools that I do really depend on the individual pet and the situation. So um, I do like to use pheromones um, like the Adaptal uh, Dog Pheromone, which um, helps to calm them. And that's available in collars and sprays and all those kinds of different things. That's one thing for any dog I feel very comfortable recommending. But some dogs, especially if they have generalized anxiety, so you mentioned she's a little more nervous she may be a dog that you know we need to talk to the veterinarian that cares for her if she might benefit from some kind of anti-anxiety medicine while we're trying to work through this. Um, not every dog needs it, but it is something that it can certainly help a dog that has um, a little bit more hang-ups with different types of stimulations. Uh, but are the pheromones over-the-counter? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can get those over-the-counter. Um, I do suggest seeing your veterinarian just for a good quality product because there are a lot of them out of there, out there on the market, and they're not all of the same efficacy. Um, so, you know, certainly, you know, talk to the veterinarian, your veterinarian or theirs. So the types of things behaviorally that I would do would be always make sure that we do control her movements. So this means taking her out either on a harness or on a head harness if she's trained to a um, something like the gentle lead harness. Um, the important thing is we want to be able to control her um, and not get her into a situation where she's going to get overstimulated. So if it's going just five or ten feet out the door she's comfortable with, then that's fine. That's all we're going to ask her to do um, rather than and ask her to go 30 or 40 feet across the yard. And really, that way you can work with her and give her positive reinforcement when she is behaving calmly and quietly and not trying to you know, run back to the door or acting fearful. Um, we don't want to reward nervous and fearful behavior. So if she's flipping out and trying to run and scamper, you know, that's not the time you give a treat. You wait till she's at a quiet point where she's at least looking calm, quiet, um, and give her a treat. Um, there's different ways to do that. One would be to just toss a treat on the floor. Um, another great thing, especially if she doesn't like to go out a few feet, is to use something like peanut butter on a wooden stick and uh, have her take a few steps on a leash, get her into a sit, and as long as she's quiet and calm, give her a little lick on that peanut butter. And then you can repeat that exercise over and over and trying to get a little further out. And again, watching for nervous behavior, her ears back, is her head you know, looking down, is her tail 
tucked low, um, things like that, we may have pushed a little too far. We want to just kind of reward those little smaller baby steps and, and build her confidence about getting outside. The other thing that is also a good solution to try to look at it is sometimes veering the uh, route. Um, so if going out the back door elicits this behavior, but not going out the front door and going around the side gate, hey, that's a great thing that we can try building and getting her to go. And again, a leash accompaniment, always keeping her under control so that she doesn't get away and also that you can just control things. Um, well, it's so- a catch-22 because the back door is the one she doesn't go out, but the front door is the one that's the noisiest where she could probably hear a truck bump in the street. So mm-hmm. I'm afraid yeah. that it's going to be <laughs> both doors pretty soon. Yeah. Well, and, and you just might see, and, and this is definitely an exercise in training a dog with this kind of uh, behavior. We want to try to control the environment as much as possible. And obviously you can't control traffic going down the street, but picking quieter times of the day where it's less likely that this is going to happen um, would be really where I'd focus on my exercises. At other times of the day, obviously she's got to get outside, but you know, again, we don't want to push her and try to go to the the distant part of the yard um, or um, areas where we know that she has a very negative reaction. You kind of have to look around the situation. I, you know, I can't see the inside of the house and so forth, but there's sometimes it's location. Um, sometimes my dogs, I'll tell you. So as a, my dogs have always had a fear of what we call the treatment room in the veterinary office. So um, it becomes because usually they walk into the treatment area and I say, oh, gosh, you know, I got to look at their ears or, oh, I, I need to do the anal glands on boss. You know, let's get them up on the table. So every one of my dogs has a fear of the one room in the veterinary office we call the treatment room. I can walk them anywhere else and they're prancing around and dance, but they go through that room and they're like, ah, and they just cower down. So I actually am trying to work on that and uh, to give them uh, positive, uh, you know, reinforcement when they just come in and they're behaving quiet and calm in that room. Um, so I'm trying to undo some things that I've created for my own dog. So I, uh, I know exactly what you're trying to accomplish here and get through. Good. Well, what I'll do is I'll try to um, um, get some pheromones for, for the dog. Yeah, yeah. give that a shot. I noticed that uh, there's there's cat pheromones, and those sometimes work. We have about a fifty fifty. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it it is interesting that it's supposed to relax them and make them feel calm and uh, at peace with yeah. themselves. And there's a lot of other products. You know, for a dog that has generalized fear, sometimes we'll use things like the Thunder Shirt. You know, yeah. that can help um, in a natural way. Um, there's um, products that also are natural supplements that can help uh, almost like a Valium-like way to help calm a pet. So there's a lot of options out there. But, you know, I think if this isn't your dog, you might be limited with what you're really permitted to do and you can do safely. Right, good. Well, those are great suggestions, and we really appreciate your help. Let us know how it goes. Give us a call back. Let us know how it goes. It is toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. You can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, blueberry and cherry, strawberry. I don't know. Does anyone have a blueberry anymore? It's a blackberry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody ever had a blueberry. <laughs> and all that is brought to you by the fine folks of Doctors Foster and Smith, who makes it all possible. Coho save! Yay! Yes. I know what I'm doing. Whoa! What do you have there? It's a Reese and Irvy's frozen yogurt. We just had our robot make one. A robot made your frozen yogurt? Yes, from Reese and Irvy's, the world's first fully interactive robot vending machine that serves nine flavors of delicious yogurt with six amazing toppings, and it's available for an exclusive franchise opportunity. 
Wait, you mean I can own my own frozen yogurt robots? And make money at the same time. These robots are the future of frozen yogurt franchising. They can be placed almost anywhere and operate 24-7. Malls, theme parks, grocery stores, you name it. A robot that serves frozen yogurt. That's revolutionary. Exactly. Reason Irvy's Froyo robots are taking the market by a storm. No more messy yogurt bars, long lines, or do-it-yourself machines. Just delicious frozen yogurt in 60 seconds or less. Anytime, anywhere. How do I get my own Reason Irvy's robots? It's easy, but you better act now. Locations and machines are going fast. Just go to FroyoFranchising.com. That's FroyoFranchising.com. Check it out now. FroyoFranchising.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. And welcome back. It is Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. About your pets, your animals, your dogs, your cats, your flamingos, your iguanas, your fish, your birds. Uh, I believe Dr. Debbie fairly well versed. She can help you. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Lori, what are you working on? Well, there was a, a kitten that was rescued in New York, and its life has been saved by a veterinarian there, which is, you know, a great story. Uh-huh. And this vet staff made for this kitten a mobility device made out of children's toys because it was so tiny. It's a really cute story. <laughs> Dr. Debbie, didn't you make a, like a foot for a turtle or a tortoise out of like something? A tortoise that had to have its front leg amputated. So yeah. we had first a skid plate we put on with a rock, and then it turned into an actual wheel that we, uh, when it got bigger, we put a wheel on it. <laughs> I love stuff like that. She's a MacGyver all the way around, <laughs> too. I love it. You're so creative. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at Red Barn, Inc. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's uh, go to the phones for your calls. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Ariel. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? You sound like you're in a giddy mood, too. I'm okay with it. I have a funny, funny question of a funny, funny cat. Well, we have a funny, funny vet. Okay, well, hey great. there. Hi. What do you got I, going on with your kitty? I have a Siamese cat named Sushi. She's about two years old, and she has a problem with sucking her tail to the point where the tip is discolored, and I don't know what to do or why she's doing it. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a fun call. And how, how old is Sushi? I think she's about probably just over two years. Okay. And has she been doing this behavior since you've had her? Yeah, pretty much. I adopted her rescue seven months ago. Okay. And I didn't Alrighty. really notice it until lately. Alrighty. So you're probably noticing her like you're laying in bed and you've got a wet, cold tail slapping on you or something right. like that. Right. And it's discolored now. It's turned from brown to red. Yes. Now, does she have any other habits where she sucks on clothing or any other parts of her body or your body? No, just that massage thing with the paws. Okay, so she has a little happy feet thing. <laughs> Making biscuits, huh? Yeah. Yes. And that's very normal. That's the sign of a happy cat there. <laughs> okay, good. So the tail-sucking phenomenon, and this is kind of interesting, and when you first said you had a Siamese cat, that just sent up all the red flags because Siamese Uh-oh. cats, are they're very special. Um, yeah, they I are. I love them. 
I love them to death, but they definitely have some kind of loose neuron going on there. <laughs> and tail sucking is one of those behaviors we see a lot with them. Um, oh. Some people believe that it's somehow a um, something that they lacked when they were nursing and they didn't have enough contact with their mom. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It, it, we can actually see that more with problems when, when they're truly just bored. Um, and they just kind of turn to that as kind of a soothing behavior, and they find some self-satisfaction, and that kind of makes them feel good. Um, oh, God, I'm a bad mom. No. <laughs> but there toys. are things there are things that we can do to try to, you know, decrease that possibility. And, and it's kind of hard because there's a lot of different factors we can look at, whether it's, you know, she's bored it, and whether she's doing it for attention. Because actually some cats will do this to get a rise out of us. Um, oh. You start yelling at them, wagging your hands at them, squirting water, whatever it might be. And it's actually negative reinforcement um, for that behavior. So I, have you tried doing anything so far for this? Well, I guess I need to stop the football kick, huh? <laughs> no. How far? How far no, can you no, get him? No, actually, I just I tickle her tummy is what I do because I thought it was you, cute until I noticed it started turning colors. Uh, now, do you tickle her tummy when she does this, or to just to get her to stop doing it? Okay. See now, and that actually could be seen as a successful attention-seeking behavior because she's getting a response that she likes out of uh. that behavior. So okay. when she does that, we don't want to give her undue attention. Got it. We actually want to try to give her other ways, you know, and if she, if we can't eliminate the sucking behavior, it's completely possible. Some cats, we cannot. Um, and some Siamese love to do this. So we want to give her alternatives. Um, so I would encourage you, we'd like to look for things such as, uh, Kitty Kong type toys. Uh-huh. You can use, types that you can put little treats in, little snackies, make it so that she has to work for her food. We want scheduled playtime for her, um, things like okay. the cat dancer, the feather toys, Got things it. where we can get her active and doing things. And, um, and if she, Yeah, all of that type of thing. And if she starts to do something that's close to sucking on that tail, we want to redirect it into something else. And I actually have some cats that I will use, um, kitty lollipops, I call them. And and they're not really lollipops, but you can actually get little rawhide shoes, such as for dogs, and train her to that. And for a lot of cats, they still have this oral urge to chew and to lick, and you can redirect it to something like um, the rawhide chew. Yeah, I guess that's how i got to break myself stuck in my thumb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and definitely we don't want her to be picking up any habits off of you there. So I um, I started to wonder if I was an influence. <laughs> so much of what we do rubs off on our pets. So well, that is so true. You know, I wonder. I hear about this a lot. I hear about Siamese cats, and I hear that they could have obsessive compulsive disorder. Is really possible for cats to have OCD? Is that true? Oh, it absolutely. And and this is one of the instances where we can see that, where it's kind of a repetitive behavior, but they get some pleasure from it. So, you know, there are some cats that I will pursue along this avenue, and we'll actually go into behavior modifications and medicine if necessary. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, 
she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our Geico bill with the Geico app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the Geico app. Thank you. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. We all love pets, and whenever anyone feels socially rejected or sad, there's some new research out from Miami University that shows just a thought or a picture of their pet can lift the sad person's mood. Now, those who worked on the study actually conducted, they say, three separate studies in which participants were asked to relive past experiences of social rejection, and afterward, they were then to name an animal in a photograph, and their feelings were recorded and analyzed as they did this. Now, participants who thought of names for animals, they say, reported less negative emotions and feelings of rejection than did those who didn't bother to name the animal in the photograph. They found people who connect with animals to cope with their own loneliness can actually be very effective using the emotion regulation strategy that they've come up with. For example, when college students are asked to relive the pain of a past social rejection, there's a lot of it in your younger years. Writing about their pet reduces feelings of rejection as effectively as writing about their human best friend, both of which alleviate rejection more than, say, drawing a map of their college campus. So the bottom line, next time you're feeling socially rejected or sad, look at any picture of an animal and give the animal in the photo a name if you don't have a you know, a photo of your own pet with you, you will feel the connection and should feel better right away. A tiny kitten that was found paralyzed and abandoned by its mother on the streets of upstate New York recently has been given a unique makeshift wheelchair by a local veterinarian. This mobility device is made out of, of all things, Legos like what children play with. The staff at Massapequa Pet Vet gave the five-week-old kitten the name Mac and Cheese because it was brought to the shelter in a box of, yeah, macaroni and cheese. That's how little it was. The Lego wheelchair, they say, is only a temporary aid for the kitten since the vet has delivered the great news that the kitten does have the presence of feeling in his legs now, which means he will probably be able to walk again. So for now, Mac and Cheese is undergoing lots of rehab, which includes swimming in a shallow pool and vet techs working his reflexes remotely through an iPad. And a mother goose recently knocked on the door of a Cincinnati police cruiser in her search for help for her gosling that was nearby tangled in a mylar balloon string. The officer in the car said he initially just thought, you know, the goose must be hungry when he discovered her pecking at his door. He thought it was odd, though, because the goose kept pecking and pecking, and normally they just don't get that close to people. But finally, it quit pecking and then walked away. The goose, as it's walking away, stopped and then looked back and gave the police officer that, well, what are you waiting for look? So the officer luckily followed it, and the goose led him directly to her baby that was tangled up in a big wad of string that was attached to a mylar balloon in a pile of litter in a creek that was nearby. However, that string was successfully removed, and now everyone is fine again. So do we say quack quack or honk honk? I think it's honk honk. I saw that video. That was such a cool video. (laughs) 
Wasn't that cute? Yeah, it was awesome. Smart beast. I love when police do those things. Yeah, but you know, the animal had to be smart enough to get his attention. Yes, and it was that look that, well, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. <laughs> No, it's honk, honk. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with your pet. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, brought to you by Doctors, Fosters, and Smith. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds for calls for Dr. Debbie. But first, that time of the year, you're taking the animals out, and it's buggy. I know it is where I live. It, it can be very, very buggy, very mosquito-y. Mm-hmm. And I'm always worried about how I'm going to keep the bugs off of my dogs and cats. Uh, yeah, I don't I, want to put a bunch of chemicals, chemicals and stuff are... on them. Yeah. But there's uh, this new thing. It's called Insect Shield. It's made by a company called Pet Edge. And we have with us a veterinarian, Dr. Katie, as well as the PR director for Pet Edge, Janine Robertson. Ladies, welcome. Hi, how are you doing? We're great. How are you? This is We're, Dr. Katie. Great. What is uh, Insect Shield? This is Janine, and uh, I actually work with Insect Shield Technology, and it is a repellency that's built right into the fabric fibers, and it lasts through up to 70 washes. It's EPA registered. So it's a coat? It's a a piece of clothing? It is a technology that's applied to fabrics. Oh, so it is a fabric. ingredient, it's called permethrin, and it's a treatment for fabric, and we apply it via our EPA registered facilities. And you, you, it's embedded right into the fabric fiber, so it doesn't come off onto your pet skin or into the environment, and it lasts the life of the product. And there's everything from dog beds to teas to bandanas, you name it. Oh, so it's it's something that can it can be in multiple different items in vehicles for this. Oh, you got it. Okay, so does it come in in a, a can that I have to use to spray onto these items, or how does that work? Nope, we do it. We do it in our facilities. We have one in Greensboro, North Carolina, and many throughout the world. And we apply the repellent technology to the finished products made by Pet Edge. And the assortment is called Insect Shield for Pets. And uh, we do it in such a way that it bonds the repellency so tightly that it lasts the life of the product. So we'll actually buy the products from Pet Edge that have this in it already. Correct, exactly. And That's if, if easy. you go to any kind of pet store throughout the country, it's in about, oh my gosh, it's in thousands of pet smarts and pet co's and independent specialty pet stores throughout the U.S. and the globe, really. Well, this is a great and idea. This is, this is a first, isn't it? This is like cutting edge pioneering technology, isn't it? You know, the technology is newer to pet, but not new. So we were originally developed for the U.S. military to help protect them when they were deployed in malaria risk areas throughout the globe. So that was what our scientists originally designed, you know, crafted the technology to do. And it is used in human clothes in, oh my goodness, everything from outdoor lifestyle to workwear to hardware lawn and garden clothes to kids products, you name it. Oh, now this seems to be specific for dogs, and I know that some dog products can't be applied to cats. Will it harm my cat if my cat lays in the bed that has this product? Well, the great thing about Insect Shield is that it's so tightly bound to the fabric's fibers that it doesn't come off onto your pet's skin. So the issue with cats is not a problem. And actually, Dr. Katie, who's on, would be best to 
speak to. She's the expert on that front. I'm going to leave it to her. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's actually like the 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 product is so tightly bound, as Janine said, to the that it's like almost like color is bound to the fabric. So if your cat lays on the dog bed, or you know, if you if your kid puts the bandana on your kitty, it's going to be totally fine. What kind of bugs and, and pests does it take care of? What does it repel? Well, oh my gosh. I mean, the main thing for us or for pets, I mean, the, our main concerns are mosquitoes, fleas, and ticks. I mean, those are the ones that we really worry about the most for yeah. pets. Uh, mosquitoes, because they carry heartworm disease. Fleas, because they can carry the plague as well as tapeworms. Um, and obviously ticks with carrying so many diseases, but probably the most famous of which is Lyme disease. So it works really quickly. Um to actually kill these as well as repel them. How does it work if there's uh, already fleas or a tick or something on your dog and say they would go uh, lay in the bed? What would happen? Yeah, if they're trapped there, that will be ultimately the end of that pest. <laughs> how, long, how long would that take? Mere minutes. I mean, in some cases, really? ticks, ticks really hate insect shields. I mean, Dr. Katie, I'm sure you can... You can attest to this. I mean, they they literally will crawl up onto the fabric, touch it, and drop right off. I've seen it. Well, I, I need a couch and a bed. My bed. I need carpet. a carpet. I need to have my whole house be insect shield protected. I'm always looking for something that, you know, I don't have to put chemicals, you know, between my dog's shoulder blades because it, I just feel horrible. Why don't I just pour gasoline over him? Um, well, I don't like that. Well, not in the same category. I know, but it's definitely not in the same category. And honestly, you would rather use the products that are out there than, um, than have Lyme disease or heartworm but disease would, or any of those other things. Now, with, yeah, with we, the shield, if you have, a like, a bandana on and say that just goes around their neck, is that going to affect the hind end where fleas won't go there either, or what's the perimeter around that? Yeah, so the more fabric, the more protection. So, you know, if you're going to be out hiking in a tick-infested area, I just got off a, a, a Appalachian Trail a week ago, and there were ticks everywhere. And if that was the case with me and I had my dog with me, I would be putting them in one of the mesh tanks or a big tee where there's more fabric coverage. Um, and then, you know, I would have a cargo cover in the car. So if they jump back in and a tick did get on them, you could eradicate that before they brought it back into the house. So the nice thing about Insect Shield for Pets is there's a solution for everything. There's, you know, just bandanas if you're going to be in a mildly buggy area or the works if you're going to be in a more heavily tick and flea infested zone the website is insectshieldforpets.com janine robertson the pr director for pet edge and dr katie from bellhaven animal medical center thank you so much for joining us today thank you thanks for having us we're going to head back to the phones for your calls toll free 1-866-405-8405 next you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405 You know, like a lot of you, I used to struggle to get to sleep. Of course, that was before I met Mike Lindell and was fit for MyPillow. I've never slept so well or felt so rested. That's because MyPillow is fit to you, the kind of sleeper you are. You know, if you're a back sleeper or a side sleeper or how big or small you are. MyPillow is the pillow with the perfect fit. Then at night, I moved the patented MyPillow fill just to the right place for me. You know, to support my head and to cradle me like, well, you know. Let me tell you, a good night's sleep is a life changer. My pillow doesn't go flat, it doesn't get hot, and I sleep like a baby. Now it's your turn. I have a very special offer for you. Buy one My Pillow, and we'll give you one for your partner free. Call 800 867 
888-888-0058 and use the promo code AR for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-867-0058 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use the promo code AR for two life-changing pillows for the price of one. Make the call. Get ready to discover amazing experiences you can share with your pets. Don Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with the furry members of your family. To find out where you can see Pets Welcome Here, go to PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. If you don't see your local station, ask them to schedule Pets Welcome Here. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pet. Well, this Helping of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with your pets. Visit PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pets. Thanks for underwriting Animal Radio. And Angela's up next for Dr. Debbie. Hi, Angela. Hey, how are y'all? Great. What do you got going on with you today? Um, My dog's name is Trevor, and he... um looks at his paws and I've taken him to the vet and they told me to take him to a dermatologist so I went to a dermatologist and he had some yeast and he also had some type of little bacteria on his feet and they treated that and the next thing they wanted to do and I just didn't know uh, well it is an issue with uh, the money that they want uh, to spend that kind of money I'm like really right now and don't have it uh, they want to do a allergy testing, like a blood test. Then they tell me it's not really accurate, and I'm like, okay, you tell me it's, you want me to do it, but it's not accurate, so... Why um, do it, right? <laughs> why do it? <laughs> you know, and that's like $300 for to do that. Now, let me ask you, when they detected the yeast and the bacteria and started treating for that, how is your doggy doing now? He still licks. Still licking. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And he's been back twice, and they checked him, and they said he was fine. Uh, he didn't mm-hmm. have any more. Uh, they actually said his coat and everything would look re- uh, really, really good. He also mm-hmm. has an allergy in the summertime to mosquitoes, and when he gets bit by a mosquito, then he gets these uh, brown spots all over his back, uh, which... Mm-hmm. Which he's like when, my husband. Then he, my husband breaks out. He's like a crazy man with <laughs> <laughs> much information. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the question comes down to when we're talking about allergy testing in dogs, there are different ways. There's okay. the blood allergy testing, and mm-hmm. then there's the intradermal skin testing, mm-hmm. kind of the skin patch testing. Now, the gold standard for for allergy testing is the intradermal skin testing. That by far is considered the most valuable to true life situation because we're testing the pet's response inside their body, and that's where they inject the little blebs. And, and watch for a response to the allergens. Now, for some pets, that may not be a possibility. Um, some of the situations where that may not be pursued is if a pet is um, has some ongoing skin infections where we don't have a really good healthy place to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it could be financial. Um, mm-hmm. In many cases, the blood allergy testing can be cheaper mm-hmm. than the doing intra- intradermal testing. Uh, he also um, has uh, allergies to foods. Um, he... Right now, they have him, and I think he's at a good place right now. He uh, does duck and potatoes, duck and mm-hmm. sweet potatoes. And oh, good. that's the food that we, we uh, they tried all kinds of like corn and 
all kinds of other things. But sometimes the food gets expensive too, and I'm like, like a big bag of it. And he don't, he eats. He eats like probably a half a cup of it, maybe twice a day. Sometimes he don't eat a lot of it, but I guess he eats what he want to eat. And I don't make him eat uh, what they tell him to eat. I just figured that he's full, and because um, if he gets over full, he throws up. So I said, mm. you just eat what you gonna eat, and that's gonna be that. Yeah, yeah. Now, you did have another question in there. Is like, why do a blood allergy testing if, mm-hmm. you know, you know that the skin testing is the preferred way? Well, right. kind of went through some of that. Now, one reason might be that we might consider blood allergy testing is that, that it's a starting point. Okay. And if we can't do the skin patch testing for other reasons, mm-hmm. you know, at least this gives us some good standardized, valuable information. And there are a lot of good companies out there that do provide great services with blood allergy allergy testing but all of them cost three hundred dollars um, even my bet they send theirs all yeah so you know if if that is price-wise a little bit more agreeable to you and if it makes good medical sense to the dermatologist then mm-hmm. i wouldn't be opposed to blood allergy testing but you know I, I would have this conversation perhaps with the dermatologist and say hey you know why aren't we doing that skin patch testing and there may be a very valid reason why it's not the best choice for you or for your pet you said it was called skin patch it's the intradermal skin testing. So, and that would be, um, you know, just a conversation, a very frank conversation. I'd say, hey, I mean, it sounds like you, you're very well educated on this whole skin disease in your dog, and um, that's a very rational question to ask them. But uh, you know, I wouldn't be opposed um, if the dollar signs are agreeable to you of doing the blood allergy testing. If that at least gets us some info that we can try to alter the environment, or maybe to get into some allergen therapy and see if that can help this baby out. There's a lot to skin disease and allergies, and Pet owners find that, gosh, this is expensive to treat. It's a chronic condition. We're dealing with these multiple problems, overlapping skin disease, allergies, infections. And, you know, cost of all of this, it does add up. So got to keep your eyes open when you start to get into Well, I did suggest to them, I said, well, maybe you can do it for $250. They just just looked at me and I said, well, maybe you do it for $250 and maybe we can do it the next week. And they just looked at me and I'm like, well, that that was a good suggestion, you know. uh, (laughs) Good try, huh? You you charged me uh, over $150 to do something else that you wanted me to do. So now let's see what I want you to do. Let's see if you will do that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, which politician was it that wanted to go back to the barter system? Maybe that's what we need to do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your call, Angela, and thanks for tuning in to Animal Radio. Once again, it is time for us to get on out of here. If you need your fix during the week, I encourage you to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry or head over to the website at animalradio.com. And if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, don't forget our very own Dr. Debbie has written a Kindle book for them called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And they're over at, uh, like I said, Amazon Kindle, and we have links from AnimalRadio.com. In fact, we have links for everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. We'll see you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Have a good one. Bye-bye. See ya. That's from Lucy and Gordy. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.